This is the Three Bam Podcast. You can do the intro if you want. This is the Three Bam Podcast. Interrupted. Oh, do it again. Sorry. This is three beers and a mic. Estamos haciendo el Tres Bam Podcast. This is Three Bam Podcast. This is Three Bam Podcast. This is the Three Bam Podcast. This is the Three Bam Podcast. Three Bam this is a three band podcast. This is three beers and a mic. Welcome back, everybody, to the three band podcast. Uh, we are here to discuss, holy smokes, so many cool things that are happening this week. Uh, we've got some Suicide Squad early reviews. Uh, we're going to talk some Jungle Cruise as well. New Ghostbusters trailer dropped, Venom trailer, uh, some movies that made us discussion, and uh, even maybe a little Black Widow talk. So thank you so much for everyone following us on Cross the Streams Media. Um, we've talked about this before. There you can listen to some awesome podcasts such as Front Row Negative, Burn Appetite. Uh, you've got the Dorksmen, uh, the Dan Aykroyd podcast, and a whole bunch of others. So go give some of those shows a listen and try to find something that you may not have known that you liked. Also follow us on Facebook, Three Beers and a Mic, Twitter, Three Beers and a Mic, Instagram, Three Beers and a Mic. And uh, let's see who we got on the show this week. Uh, Adam, say what's up. What's up? What up, Dwayne? What up? Hey, Bernie. I just get a hey. I don't get a what up. <laughs> no. Hello. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for joining us. And uh, this has kind of become the the four beers and a mic sort of, which I really like. Um, I really like having uh, Bernie on this show uh, with us. He's kind of become not just a guest host, but an actual every other week host. So I no longer introduce him as you know, guest host Bernie. He's he's part of the crew. He's an active we'll, member. What are you talking about? We'll see if well, I stick I'm, around. Yeah, I'm talking about on the the three bam. You know, every two week uh, show. But all, as always, you guys have seen that we've been doing three beers in an MCU, where Bernie's where Bernie's doing a great job hosting that. And uh, they we just posted the most recent uh, Spider Man Homecoming episode, which I finished listening to, and it was actually really funny. Um, I usually don't laugh at stuff that we've already recorded because I've heard those jokes, but that one was pretty good. Well, that one was from a while ago as well. Yeah, and I, I, I think I'd forgotten we a lot of the stuff to... we talked about. Yeah. We forgot to release it. So yeah. It was, uh, it was supposed to be like three or four episodes before we released it. Uh, it was great. Uh, all Civil right. War. It's all the same timeline. Okay. Yeah, I mean – even though we forgot it, we still it's around the yeah, it was around Black Panther, Civil War, Black Widow timeline. It, it fit all right. So, Adam, what are you drinking? What you got? Uh, well, I got me a tall boy of Dos Equis. All right, and you're not doing a Michelada this week? No, I couldn't find any. Uh, the ones I usually drink. All right, cool, man. Uh, Dwayne, what you got? I have uh, three beers from New Hampshire that uh, my friend Kathy brought back from her trip. I have Northwoods Brewing Company's uh, Pale Ale. That's what I'm drinking right now. It's pretty good. Awesome. This one's just called Common Man Ale. I don't know 
what it is. I'm guessing it's just an ale. So, oh, common male ale from Smutty Nose Brewing Company. That's what it is. All right. I got that Kolsch from Hineker. So. That sounds great. Dude, those are all beers you've never had. So uh, um, I, that's one of the coolest gifts you can bring back from a road trip is just your friend brings you some, you know, new stuff to try. That's great. All right, Bernie, what you got? I got a Bud Light Orange, <laughs> a Bud Light Lemonade, oh, man, a Bud Light Lime, and iced tea, and a Bud Light Grapefruit. Oh, oh, uh, it's it's a uh, it's a summer uh, like variety pack that I've had sitting upstairs forever that I decided to put in the fridge. Okay, Bud Light Grapefruit. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's only available in this. Uh, uh, variety pack, I think. I've had it on the show before, but it's really good. The grapefruit's probably the best outside of um, the lime. Awesome. Um, I have a uh, Buffalo Bayou Hefeweizen, and uh, that's what I started off with. Uh, number two is a Corona Premier. I, I didn't look at the box when I bought these. I thought I picked just the regular Coronas. I think it's their like Michelob Ultra version of Corona. It, yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's like they're like, yeah, they're light beer, like super light beer. I just, I'll just give everyone a heads up. I had one yesterday, and I just want to get through them. It's very disgusting. So uh, I just threw that in the mix. It tastes like a Corona to me, just a little watered down. Not to me. I I do not like it. Um, so we'll no. I mean, I'm going to give another try today, but. One I had yesterday, ungood. And then uh, for my third beer, it's not a beer; it's a White Claw seltzer, uh. black black cherry. <laughs> it's going to be the finish of my night. So um, we got a great show this week, and I want to start off with something that I found out about two days ago. Adam texted our little group thread and said that he had seen a sneak preview of Suicide Squad last week. And so I was like, dude, let's start off the show because this movie is getting really good reviews. It from I mean, these are not just like the sneak preview reviews that everyone loves every movie on Twitter, you know, three weeks before it comes out. These are actually reviews have come out nine. You know, I've been seeing scores as high as nine, nine point two five from sources that I trust that are really enjoying this film. So Adam, I said, let's start off the show with doing like kind of like a, a non-spoiler review of what did you think of the film? To me, it's more like you're, you're kind of more, not, it's not for me. It's so a, explain what of, that, explain what that means. I mean, it's got a lot of stupid comedy, you know, those, uh, what is it? Like, um, that guy you like, uh, John Cena? No, John Cena, is, he's okay. They're all okay. It's just the comedy part of it. It's got a lot of action, and it's got it's got a good story, but it's I did not like the comedy part of it. It's got more is comedy it, than the first one. Is it too much like Guardians? No, it's more like uh, Jackass. Really? <laughs> yeah, Jackass. <laughs> Oh, so you're saying the guy I like. You mean Johnny Knoxville? Yeah, that dumbass. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Just... It's like Jackass? That's not good. I mean, so... it's good, that kind of comedy. 
Oh no. We're just like people are running into walls and and uh yeah, stupid stuff like that. Okay. Not like walls, but something like that. Coming like that. Like slapstick stuff. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, that's not good. Well, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh we well just for some a little a little preface first. Uh I I texted the guys about 2 weeks ago that the new Jackass Forever trailer came out and I just got you know just ridiculed nonstop that why do I still like this show this has always been dumb you, you must laugh when people fart and I always like the Jackass Everybody laughs when people fart come on Yeah I I always like the the Jackass shows so I mean maybe that's just me uh I I grew up with that stuff and uh, I wouldn't say I love slapstick humor. I just like seeing those guys jump off really high buildings uh, into a huge mound of pillows. So we'll see. I mean, if, if Adam's comparing it to jackass humor, uh, I may I may enjoy it. Bernie, it sounds like he won't. Uh, I am shocked to hear that. I figured it would be like Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. but Suicide Squad. But if they're doing like dumb slapstick, maybe maybe, you know, maybe I'll John be. Cena, uh... John Cena and uh, Israel, they're like in competition and they're always one up at each other. You know, stupid stuff. Like yeah. That. Okay. I see where you're going with that. Uh, who was your favorite character in the movie if you had to pick one? Who was kind of the standout? Uh, I don't know if I'm. If I'm Polka Dot gonna... Man. <laughs> well, out of out of the out of the squad out of the the Suicide Squad members, we've all seen who's in the movie. If there's like a surprise cameo, you know, don't King don't Shark. spoil that. But I like the rat lady, the rat girl. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. That's that's a fine choice. Uh, okay. Cool. You, know, you can guess the ending with, you know. It's not a it's not a difficult story. So you can it's you can kind of see the ending coming as you're watching the film. Yeah, you you know okay. who, who's the the main uh, hero at the end. Okay, they're all they're all heroes, but you can see who saves the day. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that sounds Jared good. Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> so no, he has um, to come out and... so here's <laughs> the, the question. <laughs> here's uh here's the question though um i know Dwayne's gonna watch this at home i don't even have to ask him but bernie are you gonna go watch this in the theater because it's on hbo max so if you subscribe uh, to that you get it for free i actually completely forgot that that movie's coming out this weekend yeah um i haven't looked at um theater times and how like packed they are or anything it may it may be something i go do like Saturday around noon when the kids are taking a nap, I may sneak out and go watch it. Okay. But now I'm I, worried. Man, I don't care. I've watched stupid movies in the theater before. I don't care. <laughs> I saw the first one in the movie theater. This one's going to be better. So I mean, didn't you see Cats in the movie theater? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. 200 seat theater all by myself. <laughs> yeah, you, you can go to that. Sure, this is going to be better. He was, um, hoping, he was yeah. hoping it was going to be the butthole version, though. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the butthole <laughs> the butthole cut <laughs> <laughs> alright so Adam um, I am gonna. I think I'm going to go see you in the theater on Saturday night um, 
I'm going to I'm going to have a free night and I'm, I I think I might go see it because I do want to see it in the theater. It's It's been getting pretty good reviews. I'm actually I've really liked the trailers, so I'm I'm kind of excited to see it with, you know, a large tub of popcorn. So, Adam, if you had to give it an early review out of 10, what would you give it for me? It's a six, six out of 10 from Adam. OK, Oof. that that gives that's us a eight tough, it's harsh. Yeah, yeah. that's a tough from Adam. rating. Yeah. I don't I don't like those kind of comedy. I like the characters. I like the story. Just did not like the uh, comedy. Okay. It's not as serious as the first one. Well, uh, that no, that's fair. I appreciate your opinion. Um, we'll all go see it this weekend, and next episode we'll kind of reconvene and see if hey we're in that same level, or if maybe some of us liked it more or liked it less. Uh, thank you, Adam. I appreciate that. Uh, so. Real quick, I want to preface this next um, movie review of Jungle Cruise by saying I unfortunately did not uh, get to see the movie. I tried. Um, I was going to do the Disney premiere thing, but I just had a brand new baby like five days ago. And getting a chance to sit down and watch a two-hour film was not in the cards. So have you all three seen Jungle Cruise? I'll probably go this weekend. Okay. I've okay. seen it. When okay. I get all right, so we've got one member who's at least seen it. So kind of the same way, just give our audience just a kind of a, a quick sort of non-spoiler review. Is it theater worthy? Did you watch it at home? Is it something you enjoyed and you had kind of had on in the background? Or was it better than we all think it is? I watched it at home, not Premiere Access. I found a stream of um, not exactly legal methods. I, watch I understand. And you say I'm bad. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> um, I before I saw the movie, I could tell you the plot of the movie. Um, sure, it's, it's not like groundbreaking plot. Um, uh, girl's famous dad was like a archaeologist or something, and she's following his work. Has to hire a guy who has money problems to take a boat to find a an ancient thing. It's basically the plot of the movie. Okay. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, like I don't want to give any spoil. <laughs> I don't want to give any spoilers, but it's basically Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, that's <laughs> what uh, I would have compared mixed, mixed to, with yeah. the Mummy. It's pirates mixed with the Mummy, basically. Okay, um, but they do. The first ten minutes gets all the Jungle Cruise, um, ride stuff like out of the way. Like the guy making jokes on the on the boat, they're like, it's like the first ten minutes of the movie before the title card even hits. So they're like, all right, let's get this part out of the way for the people who like the actual ride, and then we can start our movie. <laughs> all right, that's uh, fair. <laughs> uh, okay. That being said, with the plot being what it is, like guessable and not really groundbreaking, they do some twists and turns throughout the story that are really good. Um. The Rock and Emily Blunt are both good in it. It, was, it wasn't bad. It was I pretty good. Two, I like those two characters. Yeah. Um, actors. It was it was better than it probably should have been for being a Jungle Cruise movie. It's better than any of the other ride movies that they've tried to do. Like Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion. Oh, man, that <laughs> movie was... Than that. Oh, I was trying to think of what other ones geez, they did. Jeez, that movie it's was awful. That one. Um, okay. Uh, I liked it. I'd give it a 7 out of 10. Okay. 
enjoyable. Uh, yeah, kept your attention. Yeah. It's good. All right. Yeah. Yeah, All nice right. Friday evening, you know, after work, crack a beer and watch it. Watch a movie with the. It's a rock movie. It's a rock movie in the jungle. He's in the jungle a lot. <laughs> when when Emily Blunt signs on to a film, I'm I, I've I've come to the point where I just think that it's going to be good. Like uh, the the movies I've seen her in, like Edge of Tomorrow, Mary Poppins, Quiet Place. These films I've all really liked, and I haven't really seen her in a horrible film. So when she signed on for the project, and I, you know, I, I heard it was the Jungle Cruise. I'm like, okay, that sounds like a dumb premise. But if she signed on, um, it might be all right. And you know, Ro- The Rock is in every franchise in the history of the world. So um, I didn't really think too much when he signed on, but when she did, I'm like, this might be okay. So I do want to check it out, and I'm. I'm probably not going to watch it in the theater, um, but I, I wouldn't. I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily think it's a run to the movie theater kind of movie. Okay, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm only for the movies. So if you want to see in the movies, see in the movies. But I'll wait till it's free in November. I got three tickets every two. Uh, I got three tickets every week. Oh, Adam, because you're a part of the AMC loyalty yeah. program right so you get yeah. the three free movies okay yeah, yeah then that'd be worth definitely worth i mean i enjoyed it it's it's not groundbreaking in anything that it does but there's some unexpected twists and turns throughout that keep it interesting enough okay awesome very cool all right so let's get into some trailer talk um i think we all well maybe we all haven't um who has seen the new ghostbusters trailer there's two of them, isn't it? Yeah, the, yeah. the most recent one that came out like maybe five days ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think we can say that uh, we've all okay. We've all seen it. That's great, and um, we can just kind of go around and and give our thoughts on what we feel about the movie. Um, I'll go first real quick. Uh, the trailer was way better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, when I started seeing preview clips of like little Stay Puft Marshmallow Men coming to life and running around a convenience store, and you know the kids finding some sort of underground Ghostbusters lair, I'm like, oh boy, uh, here we go. But the way that they mishmash the trailer together and they kind of play on nostalgia a little bit, and you know, um, a little bit, little a lot of bit, <laughs> yeah, a lot of bit, it. It looked it looked decent to good to very good. I don't know where it's going to fall in line as far as um, fan service and uh, who we're going to see in the film. Some of the action figures that have been previewed recently kind of spoil some of the movie. I feel really you don't know where it's going to fall in terms of fan service. <laughs> okay, that's really? all right. All right, I do know where it's going to fall. Um, it looks like uh, you know they they stumble upon a locked up. Uh, you know, uh, Ghostbusters archive of their old equipment, the Ecto-1, um, and a whole bunch of other goodies that have been buried in some sort of old bar. Through a puzzle on the floor. Through a puzzle on the floor, which, which, yeah, I know that Bernie thinks that's stupid. Uh, he can give his opinion. Um, but, you know, they come up, they, they find the equipment, they maybe learn the lore of the Ghostbusters, what they actually were doing, Um uh, where they're... Because history would not have that like, <laughs> in the books and stuff. 
Yeah. The giant marshmallow walking down <laughs> New York City. These kids would never learn about that. Well, not just the giant marshmallow, but Gozer and the terror dogs and, you know, the whole the whole shebang. Uh, what's the guy who was alive in the painting? I forget his name. E- Igor, uh, Ivan. No, 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 Ivan. I think it's Igor, isn't it? What's the guy's name who was in the painting? Vigo. Vigo. Vigo, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, it just from the trailer, it looked like they learn about their past and, you know, the Statue who, of Liberty leaving its little pet yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Nope, kids would never know about that. But I liked it. You know, I, I got nostalgia. I had a smile. Um, I, I, the kids didn't bother me. And, uh, I'm, it made me look forward to the movie more than I thought I was going to. So it did its job as far as I'm concerned. I don't need to see another trailer. Uh, I'm cool with that just being it. And if the movie sucks, it sucks. But I liked it. Um, Adam, what'd you think? Uh, it, it looks better now. What it bothered me was that uh, they showed, I don't know, if it, maybe it's for the clip, but uh, they should have uh, not, you know, Dan Aykroyd answering the phone, you know, on the commercial, on the they should have waited for the movie. Yeah, better. I, I agree. I agree. I could have done without that. that. I mean, it's cool that he looks like he works in a bookstore. Uh, that's that's kind of cool. That makes sense to me. But I I understand. We talked about in Ghostbusters too, opening up an occult bookstore. Yeah, I can understand that. That kind of that they don't show his face. They don't show any of the old Ghostbusters in the film. But you you clearly hear his voice answering the phone and. Uh, I could have done without that. I agree with you. You think Bill Murray's going to stand up in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> he hated that. Uh, he hated yeah. the other one so much that he didn't even stand. Yeah. <laughs> the scenes, he just sat in a chair. I know. Oh, boy. Uh, Dwayne, what'd you think? Looks all right. All right. Didn't really get me excited or anything. I'll, you know, I'll probably see it, but. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. So just it didn't get you more engaged, less engaged, or just kind of like, meh, I'm going to watch it no, because I have but to. They're, they're kind of throwing out all the, uh, like, remember, the Stay Puff came because that's what he thought about. But now there's Stay Puffs everywhere. You know, they, they're kind of throwing out the science of all this. <laughs> okay. So. Fair enough. But that's because. Member berries. Remember Stay Puft Marshmallow Man? Yeah. <laughs> now we have now we have two hundred of them. Yeah. And he's little and cute. Yeah. Like, yeah, and they're they're funny. <laughs> yeah, they're little, so they're funny. Yeah, that's fair. All right, Bernie, go ahead. You can you can tear this tra- uh, trailer to shreds. <clears throat> uh, I'm not gonna I'm not well. So I'll start off by saying Ghostbusters was my favorite thing growing up. Um, but I'm not a Ghostbuster purist and I don't give a shit about nostalgia. Like I don't need to see Slimer in a Ghostbuster movie. Like it won't ruin my life if I don't see Slimer in a movie. But it won't make the best movie ever because I saw Slimer in it either. Like I don't care. I understand. <clears throat> what I don't like is terrible story writing. No. This movie decided that they wanted to do kids Ghostbusters first. Or at least this in my head, that's what the thought process is. So like, all right, kids are going to be the stars of this movie. 
how do we tie in the old Ghostbusters to these kids? Well, the obvious choice would be, you know, grandkids. Sure. Uh, Ray and Winston are two uninteresting characters that no one would give a shit about their grandkids, right? Out of the four. So they're out. Um, Bill Murray should have been the least likable character in the first Ghostbusters movie. Right? He's a con artist. He is like... He like hits on women all the time, and like he's just like gross, and you know what I mean. Like, sure, you shouldn't you shouldn't like Vankman, but everyone loves Vankman. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? they do. So his grandkid would be, you know, that guy, that kid in school who you know doesn't give a shit about any anyone or anything, and um, just a not really likable character. So that leaves you with Egon, but Harold Ramis is dead, so now we have a problem here. Right, we can't bring Harold Ramis into the story, so they solve that problem by just writing this character just off screen, just changing like everything about him just off screen. Like, oh well, now you know he moved to Kansas or wherever the hell they are, and he just bought this house, and he's so busy with the science he can't pay for the lights and. He makes puzzles out of his floor now, and like he does, like all this stuff that Egon never did in the other movies. But you know, we we don't have to show him. So off screen, we just write all this stuff for him. You know what I mean? I just think it's just lazy and stupid writing. I hate it. I hate when the movies do that. You need to show that growth on screen for it to to matter to me. You just can't be like, oh yeah, this guy he moved it. he moved here, and now you know he didn't talk to anyone, and he just did sign stuff and. The guy that invented the proton pack couldn't figure out how to get his lights to work. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> he invented the ghost trap. He invented everything the Ghostbusters have, and he can't figure out a way to get electricity in his house. Like, are you kidding me? I thought that this the 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 line that Janine said where he was he had a hard time keeping the lights on. I thought that referred to like money. Because like when you say he couldn't keep the lights on, that's an old school term for we, he couldn't pay our electrical bill. Hmm. So that's the way they I couldn't license that. any of that tech that they had in the no, two movies. I know billions of dollars. I, I know what you're saying. They were famous. They saved New York twice. They have all this great technology. They're proving to the world that ghost exists. And then 35 I mean, years he later, could've, he could have at least sold the uh, Ghostbuster mobile for you know. A little bit of money, yeah. And then, thir- and then thirty-five, and then thirty-five years later, they're all broke. Uh, nobody's ever heard of them. There's some sort of ancient history that has to be uncovered Not because I can see Winston, Ray, even Vankman being broke. I I get it, but Egon is the the, he's the inventor of all this stuff. Some company would hire him and pay him a shit ton of money to invent stuff. Yeah, I get it. I you know what I mean? So this idea that he lives in this rundown house in the middle of nowhere, and like the the floor puzzle thing, just like I about had an aneurysm when I saw that. It's just stupid. Why is that in that movie? He doesn't like why. Why would he have a puzzle on his floor? Yeah. <laughs> Put it in a safe. Put the tra- trap in a safe that's like hidden in the wall somewhere. A book. You pull out a book. The bookshelf opens up. There's the Ghostbuster stuff. <laughs> There's so many dumb things you could do that are better than like this floor puzzle. Yeah. <sighs> All right. No, I mean, I didn't. I I get it. Uh, I I understand what you're saying. Breathe, buddy. Breathe. 
a lot so of listen, the stuff. It's going to be Ghostbusters with kids. It's going to be, it's going to be Ghostbusters Rogue One, or Rogue One, a Ghostbusters story, where it's just going to be fan service shit just thrown in your face for two hours, and people are going to love it. And I'm going to hate it. <laughs> kids, kids. All right. Um, yeah, they might be trying to bring in a younger audience. Yeah, they're but, trying to bring the kids in. But I think we as parents fine. do that our, ourselves. You know what I mean? I don't think they need to help us. Look, the, the original – and a lot of 80s movies did this where you have this franchise that is really awesome for children and you grew up watching those movies. But the movies, you know – were not made for kids like back to the future was not made for children uh ghostbusters was not made for children those jokes in the in those movies are adult jokes uh peter vankman being a sleaze ball and a womanizer is an adult joke marty mcfly falling in love with his mom is an adult joke uh biff tannen fall in love with his mom or or his mom falling in love with him is an adult joke biff tannen have you watched back to the future yeah do you back to the future bro sorry sorry sorry. (laughs) uh his mom falling in love with her son is an adult joke you know these are these are adult themes but kids love the visuals a ghost being trapped in a time machine car and really good music and visuals and it's movies that we grew up with um I don't know how many children who are six to nine years old are going to, first of all, know what Ghostbusters is or even be interested in it. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, All right. So let's talk about a trailer, uh, the second trailer uh, that was just released a few days ago for Venom 2. And uh, we all gave our thoughts on the first trailer a few months ago. We all hated it. I thought it was awful. And jokes were really stupid, and we just complained for about 15 minutes that what are they even doing with this film? Second trailer releases, and it's a completely different tone. It's like someone listened to what we said and like, this is too many jokes, everything slapstick. Why is Venom throwing pancake syrup all over Eddie Brock's apartment? What a dumb, what a dumb, stupid trailer. Well, this one was, in my opinion, the exact opposite. You had a few jokes thrown in there, but it was more violent. It was more uh, adult-oriented. You saw, you know, like visuals of carnage, like opening up some security officer's mouth and just like sticking his tongue down there and eating out his insides and all this really gross imagery. You saw a lot more Cletus Cassidy origin story. Um, in the trailer, you see that the way that he gets infected with the symbiote is that while he's uh, being interviewed by Eddie Brock, he tells him to come closer to the cell and he bites his arm. Yep. Which I, I, I actually like that. That's very simple. It, it seems like something that a psychopath would do. It's very Hannibal Lecter-ish jail. So why do you put that in a fucking trailer? Oh, you mean you wanted to see that in the movie? Yeah, I mean, that's his origin. Why wouldn't you save that for the movie? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I just, I'm saying it seems like such a simple concept. Like, we'll just have him just bite his arm. But I I like that, actually. I was like, okay, well, he just bites him because he's crazy. And I'm like, okay, that, well, that makes sense. And he said something like, man, I've tasted blood numerous times. That is not blood. And I was like, oh, man, that's a great line. So, you know, you, you see some good stuff. I mean, at least on my part, I was like, well, this should have been the first trailer that came out. Holy crap. 
So we're now at a standstill, I think, and I'm going to let you guys talk about what the hell is this movie even going to be? And this time I'm going to work in reverse, so I'm going to let Bernie go next. What did you think of the trailer, and what what direction do you think it's going to go? I have no idea what this movie is going to be. The second trailer, I thought, was great. Uh, yeah, the first the first sure. trailer was a disaster. I, I just thought like this, like this is like a joke, like this is this is like a clown show. This movie got rid of all that, <clears throat> but now but I don't know it? what the movie is. But it didn't really get rid of that. It just, it just it didn't, didn't show, show it, it. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know what this movie is. Is this movie this, or is the movie the first trailer, or is it a mix of both? I obviously think it's a mix of both, but I feel better about it. I'm yeah. okay with it so far. Like, I feel good I, about Venom too. Yeah, I I do as well. Especially seeing all of the more adult oriented scenes that we saw in this film, it was it was very violent. It looked like I I just remember in the Venom uh, movie that a lot of the times when Venom would eat someone's head or stab someone through the chest, the, the camera would cut away and you wouldn't yeah, actually get to see that. It. This was a very close-up camera shot of a security officer being eaten from the inside. And I'm like, okay, that's all right. If you want to throw in some of those cheesy pancake syrup jokes, but this is also what I get as well, I'll... I'll live through that. I'll be okay with that um, because I, I really like those visuals and Carnage looked very scary. So I agree with what yeah, you're saying. I think I think this has potential to be better than the first one. Sure. But depending on the stupid comedy stuff, like how much <laughs> of that is actually in the movie? Yeah, but that's from like a. But being better than the first one again isn't really saying. Yeah, I mean the first one wasn't. I I don't remember my uh, actual thoughts on it, but uh, I think it was probably like a five or a six out of ten. Like it was fine. It was okay. Um, yeah, five and a this half. This has potential to be, you know, a seven or an eight. It also has the potential to be a three. <laughs> so <laughs> who knows? We'll, we'll wait and see. Adam, what'd you think of the trailer? I'll let Dwayne go last. Oh, shit. It was okay. Uh, now, you know, was, uh, I was asking last time how did he get uh, infected, but they show who, how he got infected. To me, this is like a, like a Deadpool kind of violence and stuff movie. You know? They're showing more they're, violence. They're trying to be Deadpool? Is that oh, what you're saying? something like that. Uh, the only thing is that Eddie Brock, they show him as a, uh, he's a pushover. And, you know, Venom he does whatever he wants, you know? That's that's what was missing in the first movie, I thought. Um, I like that Venom is actually taking more control and he's telling Eddie, he's like, hey, man, you don't get to tell me what to do. Um, that's what we wished was in the first film is that Eddie's not in control. Venom is. And if they start exploring that a little bit more in this film, I would really like that. Um, I, re- I hope they do that. All right. Um, so did you, but I mean, Adam, you like the second trailer more than the first. Well, of course. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm still going to see it, but like I said, it's good. Uh, 
like a Deadpool, more of a body, you know, violence and jokes. Okay. Um, okay, cool. Uh, Dwayne, what'd you think? Uh, I liked it better than the first one, but I'm still, I don't think it's going to be good. I don't think there's enough <laughs> redeeming qualities or I, I have a feeling that we've just saw all the good parts of the movie. Thank That's God. what I'm worried about too. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about too, is that they're like, they scrambled to put all the like serious cool stuff in it and then like we're gonna watch it and this is gonna be it and then the rest is just slapstick pancake throwing <laughs> bullshit <laughs> that's that's what I think is gonna happen because that kind of happened in the first one right they showed all these cool clips and you're like oh this is gonna be awesome and then you watch it and you're like oh we saw all the good clips in the trailer mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay so didn't get me more excited to watch it that's for sure Okay, no fair point. It didn't um, get yeah. you more excited, really? Even after the first one, saying this one didn't get you a lit, even a little tiny bit more. No, what? Not really, man. I I, I just I, don't I, have faith in it. I did. Let's put it this way: I it went from probably not going to see it in movie theaters for me to uh, I'll go watch in the movie theater, <laughs> like if. If all the trailers were like that first one, I don't know if I would even go see the movie, to be honest. Yeah, I it definitely put me into a more uh, positive scenario. Like, okay, there might be some redeeming qualities in this film. I think the um, first one just hurt me so much that I'm just like, yeah. I, I don't have faith anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, a lot of the things they promised us with the first movie did not come to fruition. And it was, again, the PG-13 rating really hurts it. Um, you go full on R like yeah, but you can still do a good story even if you can't see them him bite off heads or whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean? and and like I said, we really wished that in the first movie they explored more of the of the um, dynamic of Eddie Brock trying to control his own body, and that Venom really tries to take over, and it's just the instantaneous. I'm that- a superhero. I'm an antihero. I'm here to help you. I also have a feeling this is going to be about. It's not just going to be Venom and Carnage. It's going to be a, like all the different symbiotes. Yeah, they'll definitely be. Well, we already saw a couple of them in the first one. Right. Yeah, we did. But that's that's what I mean. Like Carnage is going to break out and take all of them and create a symbiote army of some bullshit. You know what? I I don't like the Venom talking head coming out next yeah. time thing. Uh, I really I'd rather just have that. it like he hears it in his head or some shit. Yeah, I, yeah hearing in his head or that um, Venom's head takes over his head with the sharp like uh, piranha teeth and talking that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, over I, I know top of him. Yeah, the the two heads next to each other like <laughs> bickering. I, uh, uh, I don't like that at all. <laughs> all right, that's fair. What about when he had him saying hello to the person in the convenience store? Like, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that he was... him? Oh man, he does headbutt him. I forgot about that. Oh my god. Oh. I no, I did. I will say I do like the part where like they show Carnage and then Venom standing in front of him and Venom like disappears and he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "That's a red one." <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "I'll let you eat." All the people you want, just come back. And he's like, okay. 
that was all right. I didn't hate that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was fine. Yeah, okay. I mean, it got me more intrigued. Um it, I I now want to watch the movie. But part of it is just cuz you don't know what the story is either. Like you're you want to find out what the hell the story is now. <laughs> and I mean, I Carnage is a fantastic villain. And from what I've seen, Woody Harrelson seems to really be at least doing a good job portraying Cletus Cassidy and uh you know yeah, I mean he's a good actor like yeah, can't really yeah. go wrong there. So he seems like he cares about the role too, which is nice to see. Yeah. And you know, someone could phone that in pretty easily, you know what I mean? But this could be another uh, Ed Norton when it's all done and he's like that's not the movie we made. <laughs> oh god. And we'll see. All right, a little more piece of uh, movie news, um, then we'll get into some uh, movies that made us discussion. Um, Black Widow uh, is in the news again because uh, Scarlett Johansson is now suing Disney for breach of contract. And since this uh, report has come out, we've had other actors and actresses start kind of talking about maybe they'll get in on this lawsuit as well because what has happened is that um, Scarlett Johansson had a contract that uh, proceeds from a theater release of Black Widow would a portion of that would be part of Scarlett Johansson's salary. Well, by releasing the movie on Disney Premier Access and charging people thirty dollars to watch it at home, that took away from the theater, um, you know, proceeds that could have gone to her. So similar contracts were made for Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, and, you know, Chris Helmsworth and all these guys. And so she got that, you know, contract as well. But by releasing it at home, you're taking away from the theater proceeds. And, um, you know, that was not in the deal that they had originally made. So this started making headlines and, um, you know, Disney released their statements. Scarlett Johansson released their statements and, um it's looking like other actors and actresses are kind of getting in on this and saying, Hey, you know what? Yeah. You released my movie on your premier access as well. Maybe that was something that we didn't discuss. And um, let's have a conversation. Um, I agree with Scarlett Johansson. I do. I think if you had a contract that uh, shows that your, your part of your salary was going to be theater proceeds um, that you should have gotten theater proceeds and that by releasing the movie at home, that does, that does take away from. She's still getting theater proceeds. That, that is correct. But by releasing it at home, you're taking away a bigger chunk of that. I think the, the, with opening numbers were $60 million was made on Disney premier access opening weekend. Whereas if the, if the movie was a theater only experience that, that you know that money might have gone towards more of the theater side um or it could have been the opposite where people are like man if i can't watch this at home i don't want to see this movie anyway it, it, you really don't know right so um it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because disney has kind of just been rolling along making great films not a lot of controversy and now you got one of their their main actresses coming out and saying hey that's not what we talked about you know, we discussed this and this is what happened and that's a breach of my contract. So regardless of what my opinion is or who should win, um, 
it's going to be interesting to see how this how this goes down. Um, anyone anyone have any opinions? Please feel free. I mean, if if they broke the contract, she's in her right to sue him. I have no problem with that. You know, that's true of anybody. But I don't think I don't think she'll win just because they didn't break her contract because it was still released in the movie. She's still getting money from the movie. Whether it's right or wrong, that's not my decision to make. We don't know all the details of the contract, so who knows? Yeah, but if you and do it, that, then you then you get into like a we're screwing our big name actors and actresses kind of thing. Where, well, technically, we did release it in theaters, and it's like, yeah. well, you told us you weren't putting it on Premier Access, and you did, um, which is why. Her agent. We're, we're all assuming we. This is what they're saying, though. Like we, remember, don't, we don't know the details, really. We're just. Well, it's whatever's in the for, news. We're, we're under the assumption this contract was made pre-pandemic. I mean, obviously, so nobody yeah. knew that the world was going to shut down. Yeah, and Premier Access wasn't even a, a thought. Wasn't even a, a thing. A thing. Yeah. yeah. So, and Bernie, you're about to say that her agent reached out to Disney when the Premier. Uh, he Access... didn't reach out to Disney. He put a statement out after they okay. released their statement. He's the mm-hmm. biggest agent in Hollywood mm-hmm. who worked for the biggest agency in Hollywood. And if he's putting out a statement saying, no, Disney, like you fucked up, we're suing, like we're all on board with this. Uh, there, it's not good. It's not a good look for Disney, no matter what. Like, I find it hard to believe that Scarlet comes out of this as like the bad guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, there's still people that would be like, she's just greedy, wanting more money. But um, yeah, I think. I've also read reports of both Kevin Feige and Bob Iger being like mortified and like pissed off about this too. Bob yeah. Iger no longer the CEO. If he was if he was the CEO, this would have been handled behind the scenes, I think. The new guy, he's a penny pincher, famously penny pincher. He came from like the product side. He's doing a lot of real dumb stuff with the parks. Um gouging gouging money, um, like charging I think it's for their Halloween event and Christmas events, the after hours stuff. Um, I think it's like $160 for four hours of the park. Holy crap. Yeah. And wow. they're not doing everything that they used to do, too, with like the parades and stuff. It's just like he's every like he's he's a penny pincher. He's like uh, the old CEO before Iger. Um, Eisner, I think his name was the one that. Um, he built uh, California Adventure and like themed it for California in California. <laughs> like oh, people wow. in California want to go to a theme park based on California. <laughs> that guy, um, and then Iger came in and then actually themed it like Disney. And sure, he isn't. He's not a CEO that cares about the Disney magic, right? And um, I think, uh, I think that's kind of what's going on here with the the lawsuit. Is like it's Disney's, you know obviously trying to get as much money out of these movies because they've been on hold for over a year. So they put them on premiere access and you just kind of look at the actors and say, oh, you know, we're, we're trying to make money here. Sorry. And they're not, I, worried, they're not worried about the, the optics of it. They're worried about the, the bottom line aspect of it. And I, and I hope I, she wins. I hope she got yeah, them. Yeah. I, I read the Disney statement that was released after the lawsuit, you know, news kind of broke. I was like, they released how much she got paid for that movie too, yeah. which is insane. I was like, that is a, if, if someone sat down 
And because obviously someone had to brainstorm and said, okay, we got to release a statement. We're Disney. Let's put a, a pen and paper together and let's come up with something we want to say and rebuttal to this. I could not have thought of a worse statement than what was released. Yeah, I read bad. that thing and I was like, man, someone actually had to sit down and brainstorm this, get approval, send it up to that boss's boss. And someone read that and said, yep, put it out. And I'm woof. What it a came off as like statement. petty and like, well, we paid her 20 million to make the movie. It was like, that's private information. Like, yeah, they, like people aren't like, you can't just release that. And then they threw out like uh, words like, uh, you know, uh, we feel that this actress has no uh, emotional concern about the pandemic. And I'm like, oh, man, you can't start saying stuff like that. Like, you don't know if that's true. That's not true at all. So, you know, it's it was very it came off very, very that sounds bad. Like some shitty lawyer trying to make her sound bad. Is what it is. It, exactly. They, they threw that's the why pen. her agent came out and responded immediately. He would have never done that. Big agent against the biggest studio in Hollywood. Like yeah. he would never. He would never make that statement if that didn't just infuriate him. Yeah, you cannot just assume that this actress has no disregard for for a pandemic and people losing their lives like that. That was trying to get people on Disney's side, and what I think it did was... Meanwhile, they're charging $5,000 for one night in Star Wars. Yeah. Don't even even get me started on (laughs) Oh, my God. Ridiculous. Yeah. Those prices can't last, right? No way. No way. No, no, no. Those prices, $5,000 for a standard room, which is like... A cruise ship standard room, real tiny, like basically. Yeah, just I, like heard, I heard they're like they're not even like penthouse size; they're just tiny rooms. No. That's for weekdays on non-peak seasons, too. That's not <laughs> weekends. Just imagine trying to go in the summertime at that. That. Oh my god, that's fourteen hundred dollars <laughs> or whatever it costs. But that's what I'm saying. They're just making themselves look or even more bad. Fourteen hundred, five thousand dollars is going to be like $10,000 in peak times. There's no way... Nothing they do in that hotel is going to be worth $5,000 for two nights. Nothing. What are they going to do? Cosplay? I can go to fucking, <laughs> like any Comic-Con and see cosplay. It's not going to be good cosplay, but like, what could they possibly do in that hotel that would be worth that money? Nothing. You don't even get to go to the park. You go to the park for like four hours total in two days. <laughs> It's absolutely absurd. I saw that chart you sent us. I'm like, this is a, oh my gosh. That is, there's no. But it goes, I'm just saying, it goes back to your point of this guy's just penny pension, just trying to make as much fucking money as he can. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Exactly. He's like, oh, people will pay it. And it's like, well, they will for like the first three months. And then you're not going to have people. (laughs) Once someone puts a YouTube video up and shows you the whole hotel. How shitty it is. People see it. Yeah. They're going to be like, all right, I've seen it. Now I'm going to take that five thousand dollars and I'm going to, you know, spend seven days at a park at the parks instead of. Or I'm going to go to Europe for two weeks. Or I'm going to go to Tokyo <laughs> Disney for a week. Uh, Adam, any opinion? What do you mean on the, the, on the lawsuit? On the lawsuit. I don't care. Okay, that's fair. All right, so uh, yeah, I'm with Bernie. I hope she wins. Um, all right, so 
let's talk a little bit about the movies that made us and then we'll get into our last topic of the show um movies that made us uh season two i think mm-hmm. season two uh, was just released season two uh, and then they had a christmas like spinoff correct um but i think they did elf right elf and another one there were two and a nightmare before christmas yep yep okay uh, we got season two that came out, which had uh, awesome movies such as Forrest Gump, Jurassic Park, Pretty Woman, and Back to the Future. Um, have all of us watched all four episodes, or did we skip some, or what do we got? Adam, did you have you watched any of the movies that made us? I watched uh, Elf and Nightmare. You watched what? Elf and Nightmare Before. Oh, so you you watched the Christmas ones that came out last year? Yeah. Okay, what about the new ones that I just mentioned? The nope. No, okay. Dwayne. That's all right. Dwayne, did you watch any of the new ones? Or Bernie? I uh I watched all of them. Okay, you did? I even watched Pretty Woman, even though I've never seen Pretty Woman. Okay, I got you. Um so we did we did kind of text this back and forth. I said would you watch one of the movies that made us if you actually hadn't seen the film? And you were like, dude, why am I going to watch a behind the scenes, you know, uh, movie explanation of a film that I've never even seen? And I was like, you know what? That's actually a very fair point. You've never seen Pretty Woman. Why the hell would you even care what went on behind the scenes? So that that actually made sense to me. Um, and then that's how you yeah. can tell how full of shit I am about everything. It's because I watched it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, I saw all four also. Um, and uh, we'll just kind of go around and um, for the ones who did see it or saw some of them, um, we'll uh, start talking about what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, and we'll go from there. So, uh, Dwayne, you back with us? Yeah. All right, cool. So did you watch all four of the movies that made us premieres or did you skip around? I think I, w- I watched Forrest Gump, <coughs> Back to the Future and half of Pretty Woman. Okay, that's fair. Uh, let's start. Off with... one? I don't even know what the other one was. Uh, it was um, Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, I did watch Jurassic Park. Okay. All right. So... Obviously, it didn't make an impact on me because I didn't remember it. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, what'd you think? Did you enjoy the season? Any new any things you learned that were kind of cool, or give us some tidbits, or what? What'd you think? What was your favorite uh, episode as well? I think Forrest Gump was. Um, just because I I think Jurassic Park and Back to the Future I've seen a lot of that stuff before mm-hmm. in other places. Um, the Forrest Gump story I had no idea anything about that, so that was pretty cool. And actually, the Pretty Woman was uh, pretty cool too because the just the story itself, where it started and where it ended up, was like I didn't know that was a Disney movie. At yeah. All. Yeah. So. That was pretty cool. But uh, all the shit they did for Forrest Gump where they basically created all that technology of, you know, using past footage with with uh, Tom Hanks and shit. And the whole uh, Lieutenant Dan with no legs and mm-hmm. that, like when he jumped off the boat and they had to cut off the side of the boat so it looked like yeah, like he, he wasn't lifting his legs up and shit. I'm like, how do you, like who thinks of that shit? Like, <laughs> like I wouldn't notice watching that his legs went up too high. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and for a movie that came out in the mid '90s, 
the 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 technology of removing someone's lower half of their body and you know him interacting with a bunch of dead celebrities it was it was phenomenal to see that how well how well it was done uh for a movie that came out so long ago well I and agree. even even the famous like running scene right yeah they, yeah they were like nope you can't film there we're not paying for it yep and he was like fuck you we're doing it <laughs> Yeah, he went like he said that multiple times throughout the the course of this movie. It seemed like he was like, "Oh, fuck you! I'm telling my story. I don't care what you're telling me to do. I'm doing whatever. I'll pay for it myself." Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the director and Tom Hanks paid for part of the movie themselves, and um, they they got more points on their contracts, more percentage of the box office and stuff. Yeah, exactly. The they... studio is probably freaking kicking themselves <laughs> yeah they, they went to the studio and said okay we'll pay we'll pay i think it was a 10 million dollar scene they said look tom's gonna pay five director's gonna pay five which i think was bob zemeckis right yeah. yeah yeah they said we'll pay five each we'll do the 10 mil but we want extra points on our contract for box office uh, revenue and then of course this new you know uh studio director or president or whatever her name was I was like, yeah, okay, we think this movie's gonna suck, so whatever you want. And and then it just sweeps the Oscars like best director, <laughs> best actor, best movie, best supporting actor, like everybody won everything. Yeah. And it and it made them way more than their investment. So yeah, absolutely. That's a common theme in that show is like the studios like always like development hell for all these movies and the studio is always trying to cancel it and then it somehow comes together and then it just explodes into pop culture and it and insane. i was actually uh, real quick i'm going to focus on that real quick because that, that was actually one of the points i brought up dude when tom hanks started talking in his forrest gump voice the movie studio started to panic and they're like on the phone with all of the producers and directors like he cannot talk like that you well, fix and, that immediately. And not only that, it was crazy because he was just talking like the kid. Yeah, that, yeah. That was that was crazy. He only talked yeah. like that because the little boy they hired to do the scenes as a kid talk like that. So he thought that his older character had to match that. Yeah, and and That's crazy. And it's it's so really. This is why I love this show. It's such a unique perspective to see big wig corporate movie you know, presidents and vice presidents seeing a product and are like, no, you can't do that. And then directors and producers and actors and saying, yeah, you're wrong. We're right. Well, well even the Back to the Future one, which we already knew, right? Yeah. That, yeah. That, the, the studio wanted one actor and they're like, no, we want Michael J. Fox. And they, they started with the other guy and they're like, nope, we're not doing this. <laughs> yeah, which exactly. that I have a whole list on that the eric stoltz thing is just if for someone who didn't know that they actually film scenes with eric stoltz that must be such a cool thing to see because they actually shot six weeks of the movie with a different actor so these famous scenes that you see of him in the diner and him in doc brown's house and him you know like talking about the flux capacitor was with a completely different person i i think that's one of the things I learned from this. Like, I didn't realize they just cut Michael J. Fox into those scenes. I thought they refilmed the whole scene. Um, I think it was it was crazy that um, the all the cast and like the producers and director 
said the first night that Michael J. Fox was in there filming scenes, mm-hmm. they knew they knew this was the guy, and he was so much better than uh, Eric Stoltz. And they wanted him from the very beginning. That, I know. That's again, another thing that's crazy too. It These is producers just like they just like no like um, Julia Roberts. They wanted from the very beginning. They and did gear, and the studios said no to both of them. Or Richard Gere said no to the movie, and the studio's like, no, not Julia Roberts. But like, they just like know that this like unnamed person that they've seen on like Broadway or whatever is just going to fit perfectly in this role and launch but, their career. But going back to the Back to the Future, right? When they started showing those clips of Michael J. Fox and the other guy doing the same scene, like the dynamics was like way like the other guy was way too serious for that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they it, they said throughout was like he was playing it too serious, even though they told him it was a comedy and like you know lighten up, and he would like argue. With, what about the dad arguing? The guy who played the dad arguing oh, Crispin with Glover. the director over stupid things like how his character would enter a doorway and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's that's why he didn't come back. <laughs> yeah, it's Crispin Glover is a is an enigma in the Back to the Future franchise because. He was he was such a great character in the first film, but he was so hard to work with that they could not use him in any of the subsequent sequels because it was just notoriously known that dude Crispin Glover can't work with the guy. And that part, that killed his career too. It did. He didn't do anything after this. He was on Broadway for a while, but you really? know, yeah. They have that scene in the backyard by the clothesline. And they said he kept like walking off frame in the middle yeah. of it when they're trying to film it. So they built an enclosure around his feet so he physically couldn't walk away while they were filming this scene. It's in, it's insane. It's absolutely it insane. It, yeah. And it's such a good show. Oh, it's, it's so good. I love this show. Because the things that we hear about um, the things that we hear and learn about this movie, I've watched numerous behind the scenes DVD extras. Um, making documentaries of these films, you know, uh, you know, interviews with the cast and crew. Like when I buy a Blu-ray or a DVD, I go into all those extras. The reason I like the movies that made us is because they show me things that I've never seen. For example, I had no idea that before Back to the Future was made, Bob Gale and Rob Zemeckis, known as the two Bobs, had like three flops in a row. They had this movie called 1941, which involved Steven Spielberg that completely flopped. They had another movie about used cars that completely flopped. And then another film that was about some random train or something that flopped as well. So they're getting chance after chance after chance from big, huge studio projects backed by Steven Spielberg to make these films. And they're all awful. But I wonder, I wonder if that was their learning curve. They didn't say this, right? Maybe those were the movies where the studio was like, no, th- you're going to do this, not this. And that's why in Back to the Future, they were finally like, you know what? Fuck you. We're using Michael J. Fox. This guy's no good. We're doing but, it our way now. But, Dwayne, the, what I'm trying to say is the fact that they even had the opportunity to make Back to the Future is incredible because these yeah. movie studios have seen flop with Steven Spielberg flopped used cars movie then he have flopped two, train they movie. Have two steven spielberg like steven spielberg believed in them he, he believed kept... in these guys yeah. but i mean you get three chances in hollywood to make three premiere films and all of them are terrible 
and and you still you still get a fourth opportunity like the fact that this movie even exists is beyond me um plus they were getting direct involvement from one of the heads of the studios to call the movie fucking spaceman from pluto Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's what they wanted to call it, Spaceman from Pluto. And the guy was sending messages or telegrams or whatever you sent in 1984, like, no, you are not going to call the movie Back to the Future. You're going to call it Spaceman from Pluto. But that doesn't even make sense. Why would that anyone suggest that name? Well, because they were that was their uh, thing for Back to the Future. They're like, what does Back to the Future even mean? Which, but, when you watch the movie, it makes sense, but like just hearing the title, it doesn't make sense. And then, real quick, the Eric Stoltz stuff I always find fascinating. I knew most of that story. Um, I knew that you know he had filmed about six weeks of of, of the actual movie, and it was um, the whole movie, I think, right? It was a lot. And what was funny is that um, Tom Wilson tells the story at a lot of the comic cons that he goes to. He says that the directors and the producers called him into their office after six weeks of filming. And he thought he was going to get fired. That's the character that played Biff, but they brought him in to let him know that they were switching out the lead role and that, that, you know, um, Eric Stoltz was losing his, his job as Marty and they were bringing Michael J. Fox. And he was just so relieved that he wasn't being fired (laughs) and that they were bringing in someone else. Um, because they, they told all the actors, like, hey, we're going to have to go reshoot all these scenes. And his response to them was, I get paid for that, right? Like, yeah. do, I, I get paid for redoing all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, of course. So because and the reason they got that money is because the one who pressured them to hire Eric Stoltz, he Bob Zemeckis said, OK, we're going to use this kid that you want us to use. If he doesn't work out, you're going to pay for us to redo this film. Yeah. And he agreed to it. Yeah. Yeah, he agreed to it. <laughs> he agreed in a verbal contract that if you tell me this guy's not working out, I will pay for you to reshoot those scenes. And he did. <laughs> it's so wild how all yeah. these huge movies just like should never have happened. And then somehow yeah. it just they just get it made. Everything's going wrong on these big movies. They just get it made. And well, like even mega hits. Even the uh, Jurassic Park, right? The, the we haven't even talked about Jurassic Park. I know. Yeah, the, the, but the. Yeah. The main guy there, he's like, he's from New Zealand. They're like, no, we want you to do an American accent. They start filming. They're like, you know what? Don't do an American accent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Your American accent is so bad. Yeah. 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 It was crazy that that movie was going to be like uh, stop animation. Yeah. Until one one of the guys from some rebel uh, dude, the IMF or whatever they call themselves. LMF. uh, went off on his own and made a computer-generated T-Rex that he put on his computer, and then when Kathleen Kennedy from Star Wars, now from Star Wars, but then um, she was producer on Jurassic Park, came in to to listen about something else. No, they, I think they the were computer sh- screen. Well, there was no, there was. I think they were supposed to show a stop animation scene, but instead he put the computer animation scene in there. Well, it was like on his on the background of his computer as they were talking about other stuff. Oh, maybe yeah, looking, yeah, yeah. She's looking at the screen as they're talking about this stuff and seeing this animated T Rex, and it's like, "Whoa, what's this?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I built that." It was and just like the bones, kept telling right? him, "No, we can't do this." Yeah, it was the bones. 
And the boss and, is like, "Don't even show them this. It's it's we're not doing it. It's impossible." And the guy's just like, "Fuck you." <laughs> he did it anyway. And then it changed movies forever. Well, yeah. the best that one the best part thing. of that story though was when Kathleen Kennedy said, "What is that?" and he told them, and she's like, "Well, we're gonna do that for the movie." His boss was like, "Oh yeah, we can totally do that. No problem." <laughs> it that changed movies forever. It's Isn't that insane. That that. That's the thing. Again, like I said before, that's the thing I love about this series so much is that you have people who are so steadfast in their convictions that they're willing to put their careers on the line and saying, no, Mr. President, Vice President of Big Studio, this is the way this should be done. And they're right. And they get nothing. Yeah. And they're right. (laughs) That guy and, gets an Oscar shared with everyone else in his office, even though yeah. he changed movies forever. <laughs> it's just and they're they just know that it's the right way to do it and they're they're correct. I Michael, did feel really bad for the stop motion guy though. Like yeah. he, he, you can tell it, it just hurt him. In the end, he was the dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean it's a fantastic series. I of course they're gonna have a, a season three. Um, and it, I can't wait. Um, there's so many movies that I want to know more about, and they do such a great, great job. No matter how much the you Home, think you you know Home about Alone these movies, one is awesome too. Oh yeah, Alone. I mean, we, we talked about that on a previous podcast. I didn't know that was filmed in a high school gym. What the pool? The pool? What? 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 I mean, that's that was that was mind blowing to me. I had never heard that before. And and the fact that that they were showing that for the first time, I'm like, I I can't believe it, can't believe it, yeah. So great series. If you've never seen it, please please go watch all of the episodes. They're all they're all wonderful. All right. So uh, one of the last uh, topics we'll get to uh, for the podcast is um, uh, He-Man Revelations came out um, about two weeks ago, uh, five episode part one. Released on Netflix. Uh, the the other five episodes for part two will be released in a few months. And October, right? Yeah, October. And uh, I I've texted um, very few things uh, to the crew here because I wanted to kind of reserve my thoughts for the show. <laughs> but uh, there were some things that I did send because I just had to get them out. Um, about this TV show when I got into episode two. So let, let me start off at the beginning. This will be really quick on my thoughts of He-Man Revelations because as everyone knows, I'm a huge Masters of the Universe fan. All right, so I sat down and I was going to watch all five episodes all at once. That was my goal. Um, I got into the first episode. I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. The animation on this show is incredible. Uh, the voice acting is fantastic. The story was amazing. You had your He-Man versus Skeletor. Man at Arms was in the mix. Here comes Orko. All the characters I love. Just, oh my gosh. Uh, spoiler alert, towards the end of episode one, um, He-Man gets uh, killed, basically. And he gets sent to you know an attorney in heaven. Skeletor gets banished, and I just figured that that was just a cliffhanger. I'm like, well, I mean, obviously they're not going to be gone. Skeletor died too. 
Yeah. I'm not like, they're not going to, that's what I'm saying. They're not going to be gone the entire series. I'm like, obviously that's not going to happen. They'll be back in episode two. <laughs> and then episode two started and they weren't there. And I started getting really upset and I started texting <laughs> everybody like, okay, wait a minute. I was, I was, I'm going to give you guys a little preface. I was in the room in 2019 um, at PowerCon when Kevin Smith announced that he was doing a He-Man show. And when he took questions from the audience, the very like first or second question that was asked was, hey, man, if you're thinking about making a He-Man show and killing off this character in the first two episodes and then making it about someone else, we're going to be very upset with you. And I, I mean, I was in the audience when this question was asked. And I heard Kevin Smith's response, which is on tape. Anyone can go watch it if they want to. And he goes, dude, I am never going to do that. I am not going to kill off the main character and then make this show about a different person um, because that's not what the fans want to see. And we want to continue the story of the Masters of the Universe from the 1980s. And then he went back to his room and he's like, that was a great fucking idea. I'm yeah. breaking that down. <laughs> So then he kills he kills the character in the first episode, my hero, the 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 character I revolve my life around, which is He Man. Is dude the dude? Which you can dead. see from his physique. The dude is dead. He goes to heaven. He's literally dead. And I start just furiously texting about halfway through episode two. I'm like, okay. Um, hey, come on, Skeletor went out pretty badass. He did. He got first of all, it was awesome because He-Man not only stabbed him in the chest with the sword, Skeletor says to He-Man, you finally used that sword for the correct purpose. You used it to kill someone. And oh my god, what a fantastic line. That's not what he was referring to. Well, I mean, there was the orb behind him. Yeah, that that's what he blocked. was referring to. Correct. I know, but <laughs> At the moment, I thought he was like, oh, wow, he's he's like taunting He-Man that he's like, you finally use it to kill someone, like to take a life. Like, I'm like, dude, this show is the best thing I've ever seen. And then He-Man dies, and I'm like, oh, my God. That, okay, now the show's about Tila, and she's on all these missions, and I'm like, I can't take this. So I love Tila, by the way. But I did not want this show to be about someone else other than He-Man. It could have been about Man-at-Arms or Trap Jaw or Triclops. If it was something, it was a show about someone else this besides like He-Man. men to me. I was going to be pissed. <laughs> I, I, I heard you name nothing but men. Okay. Well, Eva Lynn was in the show, too, and I loved her. So, um, But I will say, I started to calm down at episode three because... Um, the, the, the Tila story was actually really good. Um, I really liked seeing um, her emotional reaction to knowing that Prince Adam had this huge burden on him. She wasn't mad that the secret was kept from her. She was mad because nobody told her that Prince Adam was He-Man. And she could have helped protect him. She's like, you gave all this power to a child? He's a kid. And... Her father knows. He man's mom knows. Orko knows. All of her friends. I thought he know. wasn't a kid in the old ones, right? He, he wasn't, was but in this show, in this show, he, they he make him a muscular guy. Well, the old ones, he was shirt. supposed to be, but 
Yeah, they made him look like He-Man, but in this show, he looks like a child. And she's angry because he's a kid. And she's like, how could you not have told me this guy was the master of the universe? I could have protected him. That's why she was angry. And, you know, he's dead because none of you guys or, shared a secret. Or she was angry because she was attracted to He-Man, who was a kid. No. <laughs> I did not. That is not. That is, I didn't even take that from that anger. But but her, her mission, her goal. She was goal, having to wank the He-Man in her off hours and found out that he was a kid. She She slowly starts to realize that there's actually a way to bring mm -hmm. him back. And then in episode three, when she goes on a mission to bring back Adam and bring back He-Man, that's when the show starts like just getting way better. So I, I thought that I would miss having the main character in the show, but episodes three, episodes four, and then in episode five, it's very He-Man centric. You've got Prince Adam in the mix. You've got He-Man lore in the mix. They show you King Grayskull and Wondar and just the whole He-Man mythology so you've got an episode one, episode five, fully on board with He-Man. You've got a couple episodes in the middle that focus more on the Masters of the Universe. And I, I started getting back on track. So I want to say real quick, and then I'll wrap this up. I understand the fans' negative reaction. They probably wanted He-Man in every single episode, one through five, beating up bad guys and holding the sword aloft and yelling out the phrase and just you know, being the cool dude he is. But after episode two, and I got over my emotional reaction, I loved Evil Lynn. I loved Tila's story. I really liked focusing on some of the other masters of the universe, like Orko and Man-at-Arms and Roboto. They were all great. So I, I really got back on track after episode five. And um, I'm, I can't wait to see what happens in, you know, in October. It's it's crazy that He-Man fans were upset though. Like they literally developed every other character that was never developed before. <laughs> like it was they yeah. gave them a story. I, I completely agree. And that's why when episode three hit, I started texting you guys. I'm like, all right, this is way better because Roboto came into the mix. Orko's story was tragic because he was starting to lose his life because magic was taken out of Eternia. So he became very frail and very skinny. And I know you guys are laughing, whatever. I don't care. Um, he became very skinny and very frail and started getting really sick because there was no more magic in Eternia and he couldn't survive. So, uh, you know, then they started focusing on Triclops. He became like a religious zealot and started turning people into like these horrific robot monsters. Um, and they, sh they focused on Whiplash and all these other masters characters that you really don't see too much in the cartoon. And that's when the show got really great. Well, and I also watched the, whatever that, it's like the, the revolution, revelation, revelation, whatever. I did too. The after show. Yeah. I didn't know stink or was never in the cartoon. Mm -mm. He was an action figure, but he was never in the original. Yeah. So he got his day in the, in the light. He did. Yeah, he was he was uh, he was never in the original cartoon, but he was in this show and it was very cool to see him. So, you know, characters like Scareglow and one, seeing Wondar and Hero and all these awesome characters was great. So I really got on board after the fact and uh, I can't wait to see where we go from here. 
All right, so that is my He-Man wrap-up. Please stick uh, with the show. I don't. Hey, want you- hey, Bernie, did you watch all of it or no? Oh, no. Uh, no. You cannot yeah. pay me to watch He-Man. Anything. So, spoiler alert, uh, He-Man dies again in the fifth episode. <laughs> yeah, he does. He dies again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Prince Adam is about to hold up the sword and regain his power, and Skeletor comes out of the orb and freaking stabs him in the chest. <laughs> it's crazy. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I hope he's I hope he's dead forever. So I will say this right now for our audience, the handful of people that listen to us. If season two comes out, the next five episodes, and He-Man is dead for four of the five episodes, I will riot. Okay? I, I think I understand the story they're building. Um, I'm cool with it up to this point. But if, if, if he doesn't recover quickly in episode six, um, it's going to be very, very bad for me. So well, we yeah. were recording an episode of something the night before He-Man dropped. And I told Dwayne with his permission, because I read what um, the early reactions to He-Man. Yeah. And I told Dwayne that He-Man dies and Rami's going to absolutely lose his shit when he finds out <laughs> the show's about Tila. <laughs> So I was waiting for your review. And as you were texting us, like having your little mini meltdown, I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. let the hate, let the hate fuel you, Rami. But at least I can admit to you guys that I did have some problems, right? Like I'm not such a huge, I am a huge fanboy, but if something is going down the, the road of, of negativity, I can get on board with that. I'm like, okay, I don't like this. This is not good. What are they doing here? I mean, you know, uh, I I can have let's, that perspective. Let's wait and see what the rest of the season does. Yeah, let's see. I like want I said, full Rami meltdown when I, He-Man I'm never you, comes back. If if see if 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 episode six drops, seven, eight, nine, and Prince Adam is in some sort of hospital trying to recover, I will lose it. So um, let's. Well, just, he won't be He-Man anyways because skeletor is skeletor the has the has the master of the universe power now he has the sword and he has all the power so my assumption if i had maybe to... sheer is gonna come fight him see don't get me excited because <laughs> i would freak out so what i'm hoping is that adam just learns in his recovery that the power is within him that he doesn't need the sword he doesn't need some sort of trinket to to, to gain access to the power of grayskull he just has always had it that's probably where they're going. Yeah, that and I'm a, so bad. I know, I'm, but they've I'm already kind of. So, what, Bernie, real quick, when he was in heaven with all these other He Men, previous He Men, they were all in their He Man form. There's yes. been previous He Men. Yeah, he's he's a, a a long line of He Men. He's in the lineage of He Man. Wondar, <laughs> Hero. Uh, Vicor. You don't need to name him. I don't okay, care. Okay, fine. <laughs> but he's in a lineage of He-Man characters. So they're all in their He-Man form in heaven, but uh, I don't even know what that princess. means. They're on the buff. They're the big buff dude, and Adam is do they the all wear loincloths? Yep. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, He-Man that we know is Prince Adam. He's not He-Man in his heavenly form. Correct, mm. because I think that they were they were trying to show that Prince Adam died mm. in the Prince Adam form, 
right? No, they were. He gets to choose what what he wants to be is what they said, and he oh, chose that. Form. You're right. He gets to choose. You're so right. He gets to choose the form. You're right. So they're right. Tr- they're already setting up that Prince Adam is the strong part of He Man. Correct. Correct. And that Which he is is going going is, He Man heaven's full of a lot of bears. <laughs> nope. Dinosaurs. Hey, by the oh, way, real quick, Robbie, was Mossman, was he always a good guy? He was. I yes. didn't know that. I always thought he was a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, Mossman was always a good guy. He, he, was like, he was just Beastman with moss on him. Yeah, it was it was the exact Beastman mold from the vintage <laughs> figure, but just with moss. It was just for a way for them to save money. Yeah. Do you want to do your top three obscure He-Man characters, and then we can just close this out? <laughs> sure. And I'll, I'll be the only one who guess who, who tells you these. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll do the top three obscure He-Man characters you guys have never heard of. Uh, number three, Rio Blast. He is a ex-cowboy who has <laughs> guns on his knees and his wrists. Um, that he yeah. <laughs> this is gonna get wild. How do you shoot guns from your knees? Yeah, he's got guns on his knees in, that he shoots at bad guys. It's crazy. He's got but these. Why? Little, yeah, it's. I'm, uh, he's they got, don't die though. They, they don't die. Yeah, he's got he's got uh, knee pads like the old school knee pads we used to wear when we would rollerblade. No, I understand that his knees aren't actual guns. I understand yeah, how but, he would have guns on his knees, but why? But the knee pads open up to reveal guns. That's that's real blast. Well, how that's... how big is the knee pad? Does it stick out two feet? That you can uh, put a gun inside no, of it. It what opens up and then the gun comes out. The gun comes out. Yeah, the knee pad opens up. But where's the gun, the gun in the meantime? <laughs> it's in his bones, Bernie. It's in his bones. <laughs> we don't ask these questions. Bernie. It just doesn't magically appear. It's got to be somewhere. Yeah, it's 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 in his knees. That's the, the figure. His knees opened up and reveal a gun. That's that's what happened in the figure, and that's what happened in the show. Rio Blast has guns in his knees. So there, there you go. Um, number uh, number two most obscure uh, Marvel. Um, sorry, He Man character is Extendar. Uh, he is a knight uh, who works for the Attorney and Roundtable, whose torso. <laughs> can extend <laughs> whose, whose torso and neck can extend to elongated proportions which apparently gives him some sort of extra power didn't they show uh, him did they show him they did yeah they did, they did he's mr fantastic yeah. sort of he's like a mr fantastic version uh from the marvel with armor, <laughs> with armor. he's a no. knights of the round table extending mr fantastic now, Come when on. he stretches, does his armor stretch, or does he leave a very big vulnerable spot <laughs> in his like, yeah. stomach? Yeah, the the re- the way that he's portrayed in the cartoon and the figure is that when his stomach extends, his internals are clearly out in the open. Mm-hmm. So you could clearly one blast his torso and probably end <laughs> that character without a doubt. And, and this is a power why? <laughs> or, is this good? or just take his sword and cut him in half when he's extended, right? Yeah, what's the advantage <laughs> to this power? Uh, he's got armor that looks cool, I guess. Okay. And, you know, yeah, his and extending is, uh, ability actually makes him more vulnerable, which is... What is the, the Knights of the Round Eternia? What is that? Well, he's he's a he's a knight of... Okay, so... Quickly, quickly. 
the attorney fall asleep. Yeah. The, <laughs> think of it, the attorney uh, palace as kind of like an old sort of King Arthur type environment where you've got technology with old school yes, medieval I, yes, sort of things. I know things. what the, the round table is. Yeah. But, so uh, 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 Extendar is a part of the attorney and round table where he sits with man at arms. He sits with King Randor. Uh, you he don't sits... need to name him. I got okay. it. Okay. All right. <laughs> he's one of the knights. All right. He's one of the knights of the attorney and palace. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most obscure character, which we mentioned on this podcast already, is uh, Wonderbred He-Man. This is a character that has never existed in any cartoon, in any lore, in, in any sort of. Um, uh, was it a real figure, though? Yeah. So we ever what, find out if it was a real thing? That's what the mystery about this figure was: is that Wonder Bread, the actual company that makes bread, had a mail away uh, giveaway. If you sent them proofs of purchase of Wonder Bread, you sent them like five or six proof of purchase of you actually buying loaves of bread. They would send you a He-Man figure that was dubbed as Wonder Bread He-Man. It was a He-Man in black armor with a bunch of brown weapons that you would get as a mail-away figure. And nobody has been able to confirm that this was actually a mail-away giveaway. Not even the Wonder Bread company has said, yeah, we actually did that. But it exists? But it exists. And this is what... The Why is his has... armor black when Wonder Bread is clearly well, really white? I think I think it's really a, a Mexican knockoff. It's a Mexican knockoff <laughs> that came in a plastic bag <laughs> that people thought was a mail away for a Wonder Bread figure. So, how many of these figures exist? Quite a few, actually. And if what you, you get... what does that mean? Quite a few. Okay, so thousands. Wonder Bread He Man has brown hair instead of blonde hair. He's got black armor instead of silver armor, and he's got brown weapons instead of gray weapons. And it came in a plastic. How many of these exist? Well, can you find them on eBay for like two thousand dollars? Yes, they have a they have a stamp on the bottom of the foot that shows that it was an actually produced figure by the company who made these figures. But no one can pinpoint where the hell it came from. You just said it was a Mexican knockoff. Exactly. But the, the, but but the insignias on the figure show that the knockoff was so good that it looks like it was a really it was a produced figure in the line that was given as a mail away. That's how good the knockoff was. But so you just if, said it was made by the makers. So was it made by the makers or is it a knockoff? No, it's a knockoff it, that it had, had the stamp that has the stamp on the foot. So it's not a real it's not a real character. It is it is not. But he's known as Wonderbread He Man. One Dar, yeah. For the sake of ending the podcast, I will yes. I will uh let you have your Wonder Man. That's your number one. <laughs> That's the most obscure character because there was But he's a not a character. Movie. He's not a character. He was just he a is now. he is now. He is now. He was in the Revelations cartoon. Yeah. So, Dwayne, real quick, I didn't know you had actually watched all five episodes. Did you like the show? It was all right. Okay. You didn't hate it. No, I didn't hate it. It's, right. I mean, it's decent storytelling. Yeah, all right. Very good. I did. I, we never even talked about that. I had no idea you even watched one of them. So, uh, that's, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't into He-Man, but, I mean, that's in my era. <laughs> all right, awesome. I'm glad you stuck through it. 
All right, so that will bring us to the end of the uh, episode. Please, as always, follow us on Three Beers and a Mic, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Cross the Streams Media. Um, please listen to uh, many podcasts that we have on that platform to, you know, again, find something new that you never thought you'd like. We have a new one. The STS guys, they're, yes. Uh, yes, they're yes, out yes. of Austin. Well, Austin and Arizona, but... Uh, few of them now live in Austin. They were here at Comic Palooza. So you can go listen there. Comic Palooza uh, experience too. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and as always, thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you guys in a few weeks. Peace. been a Cross the Streams media podcast.